Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, I'm Scarlett Russell. Entertainment Editor for the Sunday Times Style. And this is Secrets of the Side Hustle, your go-to podcast to find out what it really takes to turn your passion into your career. Each episode, we hear from inspiring female founders who give us the lowdown on how they turn their side hustle into a thriving business. From baking for the stars to sex tech, disrupting the fast fashion industry and more, in this show, we get the ins and outs and ups and downs of setting up your own company whilst pocketing nuggets of advice along the way. On this episode, my guest is Charlotte Williams, founder of the London-based marketing agency 76. 76 Agency celebrates, supports and gives a huge platform to diverse influencers. Charlotte's direct response to the lack of diversity and representation within the advertising and influencer marketing industries. I'm excited to chat to Charlotte about what it takes to make a dynamic and successful marketing agency and why influencers aren't going anywhere. Welcome to Secrets of the Side Hustle, Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to hear about your business because I think it's really doing something that a lot of businesses aren't doing. But first of all, why don't you tell me in your own words what 76 is, what it does? 76 is an inclusive marketing agency. So we work heavily in the marketing space, trying to make advertising more inclusive. It kind of is what it says on the tin. We do lots of training courses, workshops with agencies, brands and individuals, but our massive focus is around influencer marketing. And that is simply because that's my background. So I've always worked in the social media and then influencer marketing space as it got bigger. And I have such a passion, like it sounds really lame, I have passion for fashion, but I have such a passion for influence marketing and how great it could be. And I think it's missing so much authenticity and it's missing so much in terms of really thinking about the people mm-hmm. that's we're marketing to and we're using to market. And I just want everyone to have like the best opportunity in the world rather than just the same people that we see every single time and every single campaign influencer marketing this is basically when you go on instagram and you see the influencers with a ton of followers getting paid to promote a brand and this is very much the way advertising is going in a lot of ways but i almost feel like influencers to a lot of people is kind of like a dirty word because you say influencers and you hear like love island like here are my teeth whitening and you know like people with millions of followers just promoting 
diet pill or whatever you know what I mean so this is something that clearly you feel passionate about yeah so right I want to get into this so influencer marketing is such a like wide term the term influencer is a generic term and it can mean so many different things so there are love islanders who are influencers some of them who are more kind of like celebrity endorsers, some of them who are content creators and are very good at it. We can't put all Love Islanders in one box because there's so many different types. But if we think about the Love Islander idea, it's like that instant success. Mm -hmm. Like they become, they go on a show and then they are instant celebrities. Influencers in general aren't all that. So there are people who have built followings for years and that following is their network, their community, people who trust them, people who ride or die for them there are some hardcore fans for a lot of these people and they could have anywhere from a thousand followers to you know a million plus and that term influencer is a lot of the time you think about it and it's like a celebrity who's endorsing like a skinny tea diet tea or whatever but it could be a young gen z activist who is promoting some kind of campaign to stop Amazon deforestation or something. Mm. You, I don't know. Um, and they might not have the biggest following. They might they have, have huge engagement. 2,000 followers, people. yeah. So I think it's really important for the general public to understand that an influencer isn't just like this celebrity mm. who has a million followers. It can be anyone. And then within the influencer space, there's different types of influencers, quote unquote. So we've got the content creator who generates content and the people who are like making those really cool videos that you're seeing on TikTok or or reels that are really beautiful you have incredible photography creators who are really being shunned by Instagram right now which is a shame but they've been for years making the most beautiful content that is just so needed for inspiration on the internet and then yeah you have the celebrities and the endorsers and there's so many different types of people but yeah it's not all big followings and not so nice brands Mm. there's a lot of amazing people doing amazing things sustainability focused creators and activism focused people and a lot of activists now come onto social media become influencers to pay for their activism so I see a lot of incredible activists be that women's rights, trans rights, LGBT rights, whatever it, it might be. And they do so much in terms of changing laws and, and changing the world. But then they need to work with brands who align with their their story and, and their, their beliefs to pay them so that they can then go on and do those things because they're not being paid for that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, influencer is a weird word because it means a lot of things. So you didn't do a traditional marketing degree, even Mm-mm. though marketing is what you've specialize in now you did languages you speak Portuguese and Spanish how did you get into marketing so I really didn't want to go to uni my parents forced me so my parents didn't go to university my older brother did and it was just like you have to go which is really annoying because my younger siblings didn't so <laughs> but they were like you have to go this is like the story you've studied you've done well in your studies now you have to go to university but you can choose what you want to do so I was like okay I'm not the most academic person I say I'm quite smart but I I hate school I hate anything academic and I find it all quite stressful I like to learn in my own time I'm a bit of a free spirit I love a training course I just like to do it when I want to not when I Mm -hmm. have to so my parents were like okay you have to go to uni what are you going to do so I chose languages because I was really good at Spanish at uni I was in like the top set you know I won won the award in in A-level so I was like cool I'll do that and then I took on Spanish and Portuguese but I always knew that I didn't want to be a teacher or a translator I knew I just wanted to like travel and live but I loved social media from a really young age 
And I knew that whatever I wanted to do, it was linked to that or magazines. I was obsessed with Carrie Bradshaw. Mm -hmm. So I thought I was gonna be a columnist. Genuinely, for a lot of my life, I was like, I'm gonna be the next Carrie Bradshaw. (laughs) And then I didn't become her and it was fine, but it's just weird thinking about that. Yeah, I, I just really liked social media. I loved MySpace and I talk about this a lot in like a really sad, nostalgic way. But MySpace came onto the scene when I was like 15 and, well, in, in my school anyway. And I was just like, what is this incredible website where you can take pictures and curate your friendship group online and like connect mm-hmm. with local bands and like stars. It was just, I found it incredible. You could also like code your page and make like the most incredible website through html code and i was like and i learned how to do that and i was just like this is wicked and then when it stopped being a thing when i went to uni i was like oh my whole life is over um but that's where it started for me i used to create content as if i was a like influencer at the age of 15 i do like photo shoots buy it with my pink digital camera and my friends in like random locations and put it on the internet and then link with like people online I had MySpace friends like you do now with Instagram after uni what was your career trajectory and how did you get into Mm. marketing so I with all of that in mind I did a year abroad in my third year my friend was like have you ever seen a travel blog and I was like no what's that and then I looked at it and I was like because blogs weren't a thing in those days really for like younger people it was like another way of like getting into journalism but just to read a blog it wasn't really a huge thing so I was like yeah cool I'll make a travel blog and then I started making this travel blog and I really loved it um just for my friends and family and then I made a fashion blog Mm -hmm. and I was like oh this is really cool and then I saw YouTube was a thing and I got into YouTube and then when I left uni a family friend was looking for someone to do social media stuff there was no like job spec it was social media stuff and I was like, oh, I did I did all of this in my third year at uni and then still do it now. I've got a YouTube channel. I've got a blog. I know how to use social media. And he was like, great, you're overqualified for this role. Let's go. And he just gave me everything. He was just like, this is the brands that we're working with at the so moment. That was a marketing company. It but- wasn't a marketing company. It was a graphic design company. Right. And he, he was, it was just so random. There's no like rhyme or reason to this. And I think this is the story of my life. There's no like, I didn't ever apply for a job and be like, I'm going to be a marketing person. It was like, here's a random job that I've applied for and then I've become something. So this job was like, do some stuff on social media. I then created their social media strategy, built them a blog, did all this stuff. And they were like, oh my God, that's really cool. Then I left and moved to Portugal and then came back. After that, I got a job in marketing and sales at Hello Kitty. I had a couple of jobs in between that I didn't love and Mm -hmm. that was like the big one. And I didn't know anything about sales. I hate sales. I'm not a salesperson. I'm actually the opposite to a salesperson. I'm really bad at sales. I'm good at creatively selling, not like sales stuff. And they realized that pretty early on. And they were like, can you make our social media strategy? And (laughs) I was like, that I can do. And that wasn't even my job. So I took over the Instagram at Hello Kitty from this random girl that had no idea what she was doing, bless her, and grew it really quickly from like 800 followers to like 30,000 followers through the use of influencers and everyone was like whoa how did you do that and I was just like I don't know it's just like if I was the consumer of which I was because I was a massive Hello Kitty fan that's what I would want. It's been great hearing about Charlotte's early career in social media and marketing. Now I want to know 
at what point she realised she wanted to start up her side hustle and how she stepped back from her job. At Hello Kitty, I was invited to join the War Nails team, which is no longer a thing, but um, it was a cult salon um, based in Soho, previously in Dalston, owned by Sharmadine Reed. Mm. And I was there for about six months. And that was like a real like... We life... do marketing, social media, the same type that of stuff. That was, yeah, marketing, events and social. And that was a real kind of career changing moment in terms of my mindset, because that one was like... A really tiny company. There was literally no like rules at all. You just like come and go as you please. You just had to get the job done. The whole team was women, which I'd never worked. Like there was not a single man in that company, which was really interesting. And the senior management were black women. And I had never, ever worked for a black woman. And I'd never seen a black woman in my work experience head the company that I worked for. And I was like, whoa, this is amazing. And I just saw all of these business women walk through the doors every day talking about their businesses. And I was like, wow, a lot of women own businesses. I didn't know this was a thing. And it sounds really crazy to say, especially now if like an 18 year old was listening to this, that would be so normal. But when I, w- I was 24, 25 at the time, and there wasn't a lot of like female entrepreneurship, girl boss life wasn't really a thing. So it was really inspiring. And then I met my sister in law at a similar time uh, who also runs a business. Um, so this is Cassandra who runs Proper, who we've had on the podcast. You've had on the podcast, so yeah. So a great CEO. So I was just surrounded by these women who were just running like incredible businesses. And I was like, oh, this is cool. And I didn't love my job at Y. It wasn't quite what I... I loved the company so mm. much. I loved everyone, but the job itself wasn't quite what I wanted. So I just said, I'm going to leave, but I'm going to go freelance and just take on the bits that I do like, which was a really bold move. And I was like, I'll take the bits that I do like from the job, do that freelance, and then you can replace me in a few months when you figure it out. But I can use that to help me figure out what I'm doing with my life. And I thought I was having like a course life crisis at the time. I was like, I don't have a job. What's going on? I've never been freelance. I've never been in that world. I just decided to go for it. So I had a lot of clients come to me straight away that came from my blogging days. So I'd had on the side for my entire career, my Instagram, my blog, Yeah, because you're an influencer by this point, right? Like legitimately, okay. So I, legitimately, loose term, but um, I at that time had like 8,000 followers on Instagram and did a lot of work with brands, creating content, not necessarily posting it all the time, but creating it for them. So I was really well known in the beauty scene for just like creating content for people. And then I had a lot of brands that I'd worked with at Hello Kitty, at WAR, that were just kind of in my little black book. So when I left, I was just like, hey guys, I'm freelance now, whatever that means. And I just got three clients within the first day of leaving, which was really crazy. Yeah, I just started working with people. There was one job that I had where I worked for them for like six months and it was just because they were in the hiring process. So they just Mm -hmm. needed an interim person. And I just went and and helped them. And then in 2019, when you were 29, is this right? Yeah. This is when 7-6 launched. Yes. So where did the idea come from specifically? And when did it come to you? It came in 2018. I had so many friends who were incredible creators. They were online, they had massive followings, and they just weren't getting brand work. And I was just like, how does this not correlate? They've got really engaged audiences. They've got lots of followers, but brands don't work with them. The correlation was they were from a minority group. They were either a person of color, they were maybe from the LGBTQ community, 
or a lot of them were plus size or not essentially white and blonde and skinny not essentially <laughs> the kind of reality tv yeah. image of an influencer that we referenced earlier that you might think exactly of as, yeah getting that work and i was just like i have worked in-house for so many brands and freelance for so many brands that i have worked with so many amazing creators that i've paid them good money and got really good return I need to shout to the world that this is a thing. So I then started the business off the back of that and had so many friends who were just really struggling but were really good at what they did. So I was like, right, I'm gonna just be that person that shouts about them. So when I started the business, it was just an influencer marketing agency. So I pair influencers and brands together. We didn't manage any talent. We didn't do anything else really. I did a bit of social media training for brands who like didn't really understand it. But influencer marketing campaigns is what I did. And our first clients were very much the people I knew. So we had Beauty Stack, which is Charmadine's company, Proper, Cassandra's company, and then a load of like other small and medium-sized brands that I just knew the founders. And I was very lucky to just know these people. And I think that is a real testament of like being a business owner. You have to have a really good network. And mm-hmm. if you don't, then you're probably going to struggle and so, be bold in using, the, using yeah. them to your advantage as much as possible. That's what we need to do. Just like, I've got this idea, this is what I'm doing. Do you want a bit of it? And luckily, thank goodness they did. Um, and then I think having really good names on our client list from the beginning mm. then kind of set us apart and made us look a bit more legitimate than because it was just me at the time and an assistant who was pretty much an intern. I was building this business and it made we looked really like, big and cool and whatever but it was just like me <laughs> sitting at a desk and how how would that work then so you would pair the influencer mm. with the brand and take yeah. a cut of them of their fee so no so we at the time a brand would come to us and say right we've got this new product that we want to launch and we would like to do an influencer campaign around it so we'd be like yeah sure how big do you want to do it so they'd give us their budget and we would charge well i would charge them a a fee a campaign fee so that could be a percentage of the of the budget or depending on how big or small it was, another fee that as time went on, I understood what the correct fee was. Right. Now we have our, our fees down. But um, at the beginning, it was very much like, let's just see what they say. <laughs> how do you know to land on a fee? Because I'd never worked at an agency before. I literally started this agency with just like a hope and a dream, you know? I just, I did a, a real short stint at an agency for like, two and a half months three months for one campaign just to see what happened behind the scenes because my agency experience was paying agencies as an in-house marketer to help with the campaigns that I was doing but normally in a different market so we used to pay agencies at Hello Kitty in Spain and in Germany to do the activations when I didn't have the contacts there whereas if it was London or Paris I would look after everything because I had my networks there so that's the only experience I had with an agency. And then I did one campaign with an agency in Nike and I understood like how pricing worked and how, yeah, just, ha- just how it works in general. And I was like, okay, I, this is cool. I can do this. It's fine. It's not rocket science to run an agency, but it is difficult to run a business. You know, the agency setup is like, if, you, if you're good at what you do, like we are influencer marketers, everyone in my team, we're really good at that. So pairing the right influencers with brands comes really naturally because we know who they are. But running an agency as like as a business for me doesn't come naturally because I've never ever had any business experience. I did business studies at A level, but that doesn't teach you how to run a business. Choosing a name for a business is really hard and it took about 4 months. I had everyone and their mum literally sitting there being like 
what about this name? What about this name? And for us, 7-6 is built on the foundations of inclusivity. So it was really focusing on working with people of colour and minority groups within the influencer space. So I really wanted to hone in on that. And 7-6 is actually a nod to the 1976 Race Relations Act, which now forms the Equality Act for 2010. So it's quite serious as a name, but it sounds cool because it's just (laughs) 76. 7-6 Agency clearly had a lot of potential. I wanted Charlotte to tell me all about how it grew from an idea into a fully fledged business. I'm an Aries, so we are known to be quite impulsive as humans. And I really am. I'm so impulsive. So I didn't really think about anything at the beginning. I was just told, right, to start a business, you need to kind of register the business online and have all of these things. So I just registered the business and then that was it. And then I was just like, cool, so I'm going to make a deck. And then made this like, because all I knew is that you needed a really good pitch deck. So I made this like brand deck to talk about who we were, what, what we did, and then just started pitching. I didn't think about finances because we're a digital focused agency. At the time we had no office, we had no outgoing. So everything that we earn was profit. That was a really good time. <laughs> Things are different now. but And of course I only had an assistant as well who only worked part-time. There, there was really no outgoings. I had nothing really to think about, but with that I didn't make a business plan. I didn't make like a financial model structure. Like there was very few spreadsheets that weren't to do with influencers. It wasn't until 2021 that I um, got a mentor and I was like, so I'm really struggling at the moment. We've grown really quickly, but now we need to like sustain that growth. So I need more clients and I just don't know how to do it. It's like really talking her ear off. And she was like, cool, so what does your business plan say? Who is this mentor? Um, so she worked for an advertising agency and she was in the other side of advertising, so not influence marketing, but she was really interesting. And you worked with her for a bit and she was invaluable. Yeah, we had like three sessions. Three sessions. It wasn't even okay. like... What did she teach you? She, it wasn't specifically it wasn't what she taught me she just asked me loads of questions like what? so she was like what does your business plan say first of all and you didn't have a business plan and i was like what do you mean what does my <laughs> business plan say and she was like well your business plan will tell you how to, to do that and i was like, i don't have a business plan and she was like well there you go she was like how you've got this far i have no idea but it's great what are the, some of the other questions she asked you she just asked me about the structure and the whys and not focus on like your sales model and I was like, because I don't know how to do any of that. So she was like, I think you're answering your own questions. So I went on like a accelerator scheme. There was one, London and Partners. It's through the Mayor of London and the European Union and learned a lot about running a business. Specifically doing those courses, how do you think that helped the business? What do you think you took from that? Into- structure. Okay, So great. structure was a really big thing. I am not a structured person. I'm very much like, I wake up and I'm like, okay, cool, this is what we're doing today. I love to procrastinate in the best way so I'll procrastinate by like changing the website or like doing things that are like really good but not necessarily like things I should be doing it's just like my way of like soothing myself but doing these courses really showed me structure how businesses should be run so like the finances side there were things that I then sat down with my I have an incredible accountant and I sat down with my accountant and I was like So I know what this means now. So every time you've said this, I've had no idea. And I think I come across like I know what I'm talking about, but I don't. So now we could actually talk about these things. And he was like, 
Oh my goodness, what else didn't you know? And we've, I've got a really good relationship with him now. He talks me through so much and is helping me build the business, essentially. The structure thing's really interesting. How, how has that improved your business? I look at finances in a very different way. So before it was like, money comes in, money goes out. Great, long as everyone's wages are covered, it's all cool. Now it's like, no, 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 there's more to this. And it's like really understanding what you should have as a business, the percentages of money that should be in the bank account, things that you should be looking at, kind of like in terms of saving money for certain things, things you should be spending on. I didn't realize ratios existed. Like an agency should have X amount of money spent on wages and should have X amount of money spent on things like offices and, and subscriptions, things like that. And I just would pay out things willy nilly because if it was needed in my head, then we needed it. But now it's like, no, 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 we don't need to. Sometimes I still need to be reined in. You're listening to Secrets of the Side Hustle with Scarlett Russell. There'll be more secrets coming up just after this. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome back to Secrets of the Side Hustle with Scarlett Russell. Let's jump back into where we left off. How many influencers do you have on your books? So we have 10 on our roster. And then we also have a network which has a thousand influencers that we work with on a non-exclusive basis. Okay. So they come to us for advice, for a weekly newsletter, which basically is kind of industry news. So they are clued up on what's going on. Also for campaign opportunities that won't be right for our roster and they go out so when we work with brands on campaign management we go out always go out to our network first mm-hmm. you've divided the company into three departments yeah so you've got the talent that you represent yeah you've got your training brands and offer workshops and advice on diversity and inclusivity mm-hmm. and then you've got the actual campaigning that you do with brands that's right out of those three like divisions of the company which one probably makes you the most money do you know what they all they all make possibly equal amounts and it just depends on time of year so we have talent that make incredible amounts of money which we're so proud of them they work so hard I think if you ask my accountant yeah everything 
is equal. So if you've got an influencer on your books, do you take a percentage of what, or is it all kind of case by case depending on what no, the campaign is? No, no, we, we is? take a percentage. I think, okay. And that's uh, general practice. That's general practice. So yeah, in the influencer world, someone emailed me yesterday and, and basically said, oh, this campaign's come in and if you want to do it, then we'll take 30% of the campaign. And I was like, that is not practice in this industry. It's 20%. Modeling's normally 33%, I think. We, we're not a modeling agency, so we don't take that much. But yeah, 20% of, of the deal is what the influencer world looks like. And it's not a secret, and it shouldn't be, because people should know that. So it's in like, tw- you get the 20% of... Yeah, the agency gets 20%. So it's either on top or, you know, say you've got £1,500 for, for a campaign, we'll, we'll either say, okay, £1,500 plus agency, or if they don't, can't afford it, then it'll be within that. So there'll be 20% taken of, of something. Why is influencer marketing so important? It just is. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, if you think about marketing throughout time, celebrity marketing has been such a huge part of marketing. Endorsements have always been a thing. And I think we often forget that. We've had celebrity endorsements f- for as long as time. Like Father Christmas is a celebrity in his own right and he has endorsed a lot of products, Coca-Cola as an example. So... The influencer is extension of that. But in this modern world where we have seen so much advertising and we've changed our spending habits and how we consume, having influencers sell to us in a creative way or a natural organic way and a lot of the time is kind of what we want and need. And these people, sometimes it's the case of we follow them because we see ourselves in them or we trust their advice because they're even expert in mm. what they do. It could be, you know, a skin doctor is telling you about skincare products that she recommends because she is a doctor and she knows what she's talking about. You're going to listen to her and potentially buy what she's selling. Could be a girl that she kind of looks like the girl next door. Could be your neighbor and she's bought this really nice outfit and you want to buy it too and it's in your price bracket because you follow her because she is you in an extension as people we want to be seen and I think we see ourselves in a lot of influencers what would be your advice to anyone wanting to grow their own brand on Instagram I think it's important to understand why money isn't the reason a lot of creators that I know that do the best and if we think about household names so Patricia Bright is a perfect example Um, I have no affiliation to her at all, but she is a household name influencer. She's one of the biggest UK influencers that we have, was a YouTuber. She's built businesses off the back of her success. But when she started, she was just a girl in her bedroom who would post videos online for free about hair care stuff or makeup. And it was really simple and she did it because she loved it and she wanted to build a community. A lot of the original creators that we look at now came from that world they weren't being paid to do it they weren't being which was a shame but you know now they are which is great they won't be paid to it they did it literally for the love of it and to find community and I I know that's why I started it I started my blog because I was alone Mm. traveling and then when I went back to university I felt alone I felt really disconnected from life because I was at a university that wasn't really right for me and I didn't have the friends that I maybe needed so I went and sort them online and I found them I found my people online so know why you're doing it money always comes later but don't be too serious with it as well like have a plan but note that with 
the algorithm on Instagram and the new apps that are coming up and popping up every day, things are going to change. So note that. And then also note that there are so many places that you can be an influencer that isn't just one app. So a lot of people have beeline for Instagram. TikTok's obviously massive and it's easier now to grow on TikTok than any other app. Pinterest is an incredible, incredible way to um, build a platform, be that your website pushing traffic to it or just getting your face out there, showcasing content that will then lead to the other platform that you're on, maybe TikTok or, mm-hmm. or Instagram. But there are other places that exist that aren't just you know the Instagram app to become an influencer. What's probably your key message that you really, really wish all brands knew that you always want to get across? Oh, so many. On the influencer side, it's there's more than just your brand out there. Something I <laughs> I hear a lot is like, so we're going to send these gifts to these influencers and they're just, it costs us so much money. You know, these are really expensive products and we're sending them out to them for free. Da, da, da. And it's like, yeah, that's great. But so are like hundreds of other brands. There, are, there was a time where I was receiving like 20 packages a day, like to my home, you know, over Christmas because all the brands wanted to get the Christmas products out there. I'm now not allowed to do that. And also sustainability wise, I could never be that person ever again but there are so many brands out there trying to get the attention of the same people what makes you special it's not going to be the free top that you sent someone it's going to be your brand ethics your ethos the story the way you communicate with your audience the way you communicate with your community and how you bring influencers into that community don't just try and like give them fancy presents and just expect they're going to post for you because that's just not how the, the market works anymore and a lot of the time yes you do have to pay people <laughs> it has been a real pleasure getting to know our female founder on this week's secrets of the side hustle but i want to go just that little bit further and find out something about them or their business that isn't common knowledge it's time for best kept secret nobody knows this apart from like a few people that i've told recently in passing and everyone's been like oh i actually took a hiatus earlier this year but you wouldn't be able to tell on social media on emails on anything no one knew so between december we wrapped up everything in december and i say i just me not the team the company still ran but i personally took a hiatus in december and april and it was simply because i burnt out 2020 we grew so quickly 2021 was chaos the team grew the company was mad like we did so many things that weren't our job description (laughs) and it got to the point where we were adding services on because people were asking for them the morale dipped in the company I could see I really wasn't happy because I was working on projects that I really didn't care about and for me if I don't if I'm not inspired it's not going to be great I just felt like I was chasing my tail at all points my head was like just above water and I was just like swimming 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 to keep afloat but it was a struggle and then I was like I think I need to take some time off because I didn't feel very good yeah I shut everything down in December set everything up I still did a few bits as an influencer just to like ensure that I was contributing in some way but as a marketer I didn't really do anything I outsourced a lot of the work to different people in the team and some freelancers and then in April I came back And I was like, okay, I'm back and I'm ready. And I feel so much better for it. And then I got married a couple of weeks ago. That was really difficult to balance the business and the the wedding planning. But now that's over, I 
for like, cool, I'm back again. There are a few people that I've heard on podcasts, but no one really talks about just leaving your company. And I saw Charmadine Reed did a whole talk on it a while ago about taking a sabbatical. And to have the privilege to be able to take a sabbatical is a big thing. And I think it's really important that we recognise that I'd set up my business in a way that I was able to take time off. A lot of it we were able to automate which is really great and I'm really grateful for. And that's something as time goes on, I'm gonna continue to do and try and and make that work. Yeah, everyone thought I was around, but I just wasn't. I was just at home, (laughs) just in a hole. It's almost time to say goodbye to our female founder this week. But before we do, let's have one more moment of inspiration with our quote for quote, where we share uplifting quotes with the hope to motivate you to pursue what you're passionate about. So my quote for this week is from the Olympic champion runner, Dean Asher-Smith, who said, to be resilient, be kind to yourself. She is an icon. Can you relate to that quote? You just got to try and be your best. And most of the time, if you do enough, you will be. I do have like mottos that I live by and quotes that I love. But actually on Sunday, I went to um, the South Bank Centre and Edward Enninful did a, a talk about his memoir and his book. And he quoted Nina Simone. And I just haven't been able to stop thinking about this quote. So I thought I'd share it with you. Love this. So Nina Simone said, and I haven't double checked this, so Edward may have paraphrased it, but Edward said that Nina said, (laughs) an artist must represent their time. And that has really stuck in my brain because I think about it in terms of as a business owner, an entrepreneur, creators, just people in general, We have to represent the time that we're in. If we separate it like creators, they have to roll with the punches. You know, Instagram isn't working very well for creators right now. And it's quite difficult to be on on there because the algorithm is stopping their growth and people seeing their content just because things are changing. So they're having to adapt and move to other apps and change, maybe not do photography and do video, whatever, just things are changing. But they have to adapt and be the person of that moment and unfortunately sometimes you do have to change what you want to do to fit into how the world works and as an entrepreneur you need to create something that people need not just want that whole idea of an artist needing to be a representation of their time just I don't know it's just sitting with me in a way that I feel like it's gonna give me some kind of inspiration to do something soon I know you're all about growth yeah so what are your plans what do you hope to achieve what are your goals for the business so this year it's strategic growth you asked me about the three sides of my business Mm -hmm. and I made sure that there were three sides because it was to organize my brain to make sure that I understood really what we did because we did too much at one point because people were asking us to do stuff. So now it's like really focusing on those three things really specifically and how we can grow each of those in their own way and become their own kind of like ivy plants that then take over the the industry, which I'm really excited about. And that is all about structure, organization and really good hiring. So yeah, watch this space for that. I love that. And I can really see how when you're starting a business, there's almost like too much going on and how you can benefit from really focusing down, I guess, streamline what you're doing. And it's clear for the consumer 
it's clear to talk about what your business is, but it's most of all clear for you and to what your yeah. business is. Otherwise, I totally it's get chaos. It. it started because someone said to me, I actually don't know what you do. And I was like, to be honest, I don't think I do. I, I mean, it's quite difficult. If you don't really know about the influence marketing world or don't, you know, yeah. you have to be able to sell it. Like your elevator pitch needs to be wrapped up. Yeah. It? And we just did not have, I could not have done an elevator pitch last year. Now we're really focusing heavily on ensuring that people know what we do. So when someone says, oh, this has come up, does anyone know someone that can do this? It's like, yes, I do. Seven, six, because that's literally what they focus on. So, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Charlotte, thank you so much for coming on Secret Side Hustle. If you want to know more about 76 on Instagram, you are at 76 Agency. That's the word 76, not the numbers. And then for yourself, you're at Charlotte76. I am, yes. Fabulous. So go on Instagram, check out the website, 76agency.com. Charlotte, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. Thank you for coming on the podcast. I can't wait to see what else is in store for your company. Thank you so much, Scarlett. This was amazing. You've been listening to Secrets of the Side Hustle with Scarlett Russell and our fantastic female founder this week, Charlotte Williams. The series producer is Anya Pierce. If you enjoyed what you heard, why not follow the podcast so that you never miss an episode? And you can listen back to all our previous episodes on the Free Times Radio app or download them from wherever else you get your podcasts. I'll be back with more Secrets of the Side Hustle next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.